Hi guys and welcome back to another true crime and makeup time video. If you're new here, my name is Zara and I post a new true crime video every single week. So if you love makeup and you love true crime, definitely hit that notification bell button so you don't miss another video. And if you like the video, then like the video. <laughs> so if you guys can't tell, this is me now. This is February 2023. The videos you guys have been watching were pre-filmed when I was pregnant. So I think it caused a lot of confusion because everyone still thinks I'm pregnant, but I had my baby in July of 2022. So she's six months old as of February. So that's a little update. It's been crazy having a baby and still editing videos and uploading for you guys, but I really wanted to do that. So that's why I kept it going. And I'm really proud of myself. If I say so myself, like I really can't believe that I did everything that I did. So thank you guys so much for all your support. It's really meant a lot to me. Okay. So a new case today and you know, those cases that just really stick with you. Well, when I read about this case years ago, I think at this point, it's always been one of those cases that I just think about randomly violence against women. And it's just something about that, that does something to me. Like it makes me really angry. And not just because I'm a woman. I feel like my husband, Jay, he gets super triggered too when we discuss this topic or when we talk about cases that involve this. I've experienced a lot of, I don't even know what you call it, but stuff in my life that, you know, where I'm being treated as a woman, you know, and especially in my field, being a lawyer, it's like you definitely get treated that way, you know, like you're not the same as a man. And today's not the time to get into that, but I think that's why I'm super passionate discussing these types of cases. And I also think that's why I want to bring light to it. Alice's story is important. This murder, this case could have been prevented if the police just listened to Alice. Let's get into it. It's so weird being on camera again, and I like changed my setup a little bit. So I have to look there to make sure that I'm in frame, but let's get some makeup on. So Alice Ruggles was born on 24th December 1991 to Sue Hills and Clive Ruggles. She had two older siblings, Nick and Emma, and a younger brother named Patrick. She was the third child and she grew up in the quiet town of Leicestershire, Leicestershire in Langton in the UK. And Alice and her family were super close-knit. Even when they grew up and, you know, a lot of them moved away and the siblings kind of split up, they still stayed super close. They mainly kept in touch with a family group chat on WhatsApp. And who else has a family group chat on WhatsApp? I mean, mine can get really wild. <laughs> Alice's family and friends describe Alice as super happy, super outgoing, very friendly. She was the type of person who had the ability to cheer up anyone when they were feeling down. She was incredibly quick-witted, a brilliant listener and very empathetic. She was the type of person who quickly made friends wherever they went. And she was also really fun because I heard that she did like a lot of jokes and pranks on people. And I love people like that. You know, those people who can just have a good time and not be so serious, so serious all the time. She was one of those. She was a natural entertainer who sang at her school concerts. And she also loved to do karaoke when she was like, she started doing that at the age of nine. Alice went to, I can't say this word, is it Leicester, Leicester, Leicester High School? And her mom, Sue, also worked at the school. She was pretty popular, really good at school, and she took part in the school drama plays a lot. She also sang and took part in the chamber choir, and she helped some of the younger students with their, like, schoolwork. And she was involved in helping organize the school in Australia, we call it the formal, but I think in America, you guys call it the prom, whatever you call it. She helped organize those. She honestly seemed like a really nice, but funny, fun kind of chick. She just seemed really fun. Like I said, her family was super close. And especially when they celebrated Christmas, it was a three-day affair and no one ever missed Christmas in the family. And Alice's birthday was on Christmas Eve. So her tradition was they always kicked off Christmas Eve by having like this gigantic Chinese meal. So that was their family vibe. They just seemed so close, so genuine. When Alice turned 18, she went to 
Northumbria University, which was 200 miles or like 320 kilometers away from her home. And she chose this university mainly for its renowned fencing team. She did really well at this sport and she graduated from university in 2014 with a degree in product design engineering. And soon after, she got a job at the really huge Sky Network in Newcastle. Alice moved into a flat or, you know, really like a small apartment in Gateshead, Newcastle. And this was a pretty big town, but located about three hours away from her home. At this apartment, she had four roommates and she began to love Newcastle. She was really doing well. So Facebook, especially a few years ago, was super popular with everyone just to keep in touch with family and friends. And it was in October of 2015 that Alice received a comment on her Facebook from a boy named Harry. The comment that Harry left said that Alice was the most naturally beautiful girl he had ever seen. And this comment was left on a photo of Alice that her friend had actually uploaded when the two of them were holidaying in Sri Lanka. So Alice clicks on this profile of Harry and he turns out to be a mutual friend named Harry Delon. He was quite good looking, you know, he had dark hair, like thick dark hair, dark eyes. And according to Alice, it was clear from his photos that he took care of himself. Alice thought, you know, he must be a nice guy to leave such a kind, nice comment. So she reached out to him to introduce herself. Now, from that moment on that Alice introduced herself, her life would never be the same again. The two of them, they began messaging back and forth on Facebook and then eventually started video chatting each other. Harry was super sweet, charming online, and Alice fell for him very quickly. So let's talk about who Harry was. So his real name was Traman Delon, and he was originally from India. But when he moved to the UK, he began going by the name Harry. He was an only child coming from a devout Sikh household. And his father was in the army, I believe quite high ranking. And due to this, he moved countries a lot. When Harry graduated high school, he went to university to pursue a degree in strategy management. And as part of this degree program, he was given an opportunity to study at Queen Margaret University in Scotland. Scotland, <laughs> Scotland. So now he's from India originally, super religious parents, and he's given this opportunity to move away from them to a whole different country, live a new life. So duh, of course he did it. He loved this Western way of living. He loved being social. He loved going out. And those who have tiger parents can probably relate. They watch and control everything you do. So he's now in a different country. His dad was also in the army. So can you imagine how strict he might've been? So now that he's alone, he's free. He went clubbing often. He would drink pretty heavily and he would be with multiple women. It was the sort of behavior that his religious parents would never approve of, but he was so far away. They're never going to find out. So he was like, whatevs. So after he graduated, he decided to follow in his father's footsteps and enlisted with the British army. And while in the army, he rose to the rank of Lance Corporal. His first tour of duty was in Afghanistan where he served a non-combative role. So it was during this time that he was on Facebook a lot, trying to keep in touch with and connect with friends and family back home when he saw this photo of Alice through a mutual friend. And that's when she messaged him and then they began talking and video chatting a few times a week. So during this time, Harry was super sweet, captivating, and they began this romance really quickly. So in January 2016, Harry returns to the UK and Alice and Harry decide that they should meet in person for the first time. At this point, they were probably talking for October, November, December, January, so like three, four months online. Harry was 26, good looking, sweet, everything a girl could ask for. And Alice was 25 and she was smitten. First, they spent a week together in Newcastle and then they went to Scotland together. And then shortly after that, he was sent back to Afghanistan for his last tour. And then I think he was only there for two months and then he came back. In July 2016, when he came back, 
Alice invites him to her family vacation to spend time together. And the this new couple, they were in their honeymoon phase. You know, they all over each other and into each other. But soon, very soon, the dark reality of what the relationship was to become would soon start showing. The time that Alice was spending with Harry was starting to change her, starting to change her personality, and it was becoming really obvious. Now, like I said, Alice was a really fun, outgoing, bubbly person, and then all of a sudden she stopped going out. She stopped hanging out with her friends. She became distant. She stopped meeting new people, and she cut a lot of people out from her life. She started getting into pretty huge fights with her four roommates, which led to her moving out and moving into a new flat with her workmate, Maxine. And friends say usually Alice was pretty engaging and active in conversations and the social scene, but she was beginning to just distance herself and become withdrawn. Friends say that it was almost like when you were talking to her, she was kind of like somewhere else, like you didn't know where she was. And she wasn't a big girl at all, at all, but even though she was quite small, she started to lose even more weight in a very short period of time. Now her family and friends were like, okay, this change in Alice is so obvious. It's so drastic to the usual Alice. And this only started recently when she began dating Harry. He was the reason for the change in her personality and her behavior. So as it turns out, Harry was far from the kind and thoughtful man that Alice thought she was meeting online. In reality, he was super possessive and controlling. He wanted to control every aspect of her life from who she spent time with to how she looked. Whenever she would meet a guy or talk to a guy, he would just accuse her of being disloyal to him. He would be suspicious if she went somewhere without telling him where she was going. He also started controlling who she could and couldn't hang out with. He also didn't like her wearing makeup or getting dressed up to go out. He basically didn't want her to look good. He was like, who are you looking good for? I'm right here. You you got me, you know? He would go through her text messages, her social media. And as it often happens, Alice, she just wanted to please him. She just wanted them to be happy. So she started doing, you know, whatever he would dictate. And that eventually led to her just becoming isolated and lonely. But the funny thing is, why is Harry so controlling, so obsessive, so demanding? I mean, apart from the fact that that's who he probably really was, he was trying to just hide his own guilt. The whole time he's dating Alice, he's the one messaging and flirting and talking to other women. Him, he was the one super active on Tinder and he was the one meeting up with women for sex. His activity on Tinder and, you know, the women he spoke to, he made zero effort to hide this from Alice. He just did it right in front of her. He met multiple women through Tinder for casual sex, all while dating Alice. And he wanted her to know, he wanted her to be jealous. And then a woman who had recently been with Harry messaged Alice and she was like, hey, look, I've been with Harry. We've done A, B, and C. And she basically just told her everything she wanted Alice to know. It was after this encounter with this woman that Alice was like, you know what? I'm done. She probably just realized what she was worth and what she was dealing with. So she finally ends it and breaks up with Harry. And Harry was like, wait, what? I'm not done. I'm not done with this relationship. He was not ready for this relationship to end. And instead of being free as one would hope for Alice or what you would think you know, it would be like for her. Instead, he would bombard her with messages and phone calls and trying to meet up with her and trying to get her to change her mind. The more Alice tried to move on, the more he stalked and harassed her. He would call, text, email her constantly. Sometimes he would be calling her, well, most of the time he would be calling her, begging her to take him back. And, you know, I'm sorry, please, please. And then all of a sudden he would just change. He would become manipulative and try to guilt her into getting back together with him. He would cry and say, you know, I'm going to kill myself if you don't get back together with me and it's going to be all your fault. You know, he would threaten her essentially. And unfortunately, this constant pursuit by him just further deteriorated Alice's mental health and well-being. 
she would block his number and then he would just get a new number and then began harassing her with that number. The messages that Harry would leave ranged from, you know, super apologetic to just straight up threatening. First, Alice tried to be really nice to him and try to let him down easy, but then she realized that wasn't working. So she decided to ignore him completely. This pissed him off even more. And he was like, okay, you don't want to listen to me. Maybe your friends and family will. So then soon after he starts contacting Alice's family and friends, he'd call and tell them how much of a bad person Alice was, how what she was doing was so wrong. And then he once texted Alice's mom, Sue. And in this text, he's like begging um, Sue to, you know, convince Alice to take him back and that he really loved her and he wanted, you know, a second chance and all these things. He also sent Alice a bunch of letters And in one of these letters, he's professing his love for Alice and then saying in the same letter, I will make you my wife one day. These letters and the things he would say in them really disturbed Alice and her friends and family knew what Harry was doing was wrong. And they told him, just leave her alone, just move on. But it became clear that he wasn't going to leave Alice alone. And at times his constant begging and harassing Alice kind of wore her down and she was almost manipulated into getting back together with him. She would even tell her mom, like, I feel like I'm going to have to get back into this relationship for this to end. And how sad is that? I mean, there are certain people that you can just beat down so much that they're willing to suffer so that they don't, well, Harry didn't harass her friends and family and make her life this certain way. She was willing to get back together with him just so it would stop. And that's how they win. That's how they get you. Harry was just obsessed and he managed to hack into Alice's social media accounts and read all her messages and all her private, you know, info. And that way he knew where she was and what she was doing at all times. And that's the scary thing because we share everything on social media, like not publicly, but you know, how many of us have private messages via Facebook messenger? I mean, that's just out there for the world if you got hacked. So in early September, he finds out that Alice is talking to another man and he was also from the army. He was an army officer named Mike and Harry decides to message him directly. He sent messages directly to Mike, telling Mike what a bad person Alice was. Alice is horrible. She's the cheater. She still loves me, Harry. Okay, Mike? And she's cheating on you with me. So you need to just leave Alice because she's a horrible person to do this, you know? Right, Mike? Mike. But Mike, he knew what Harry was doing. Alice had told him everything and He knew the type of guy that Harry was and he was like, I'm not going to listen to this creep. So he continued on his relationship with Alice. Alice and Mike actually met while Alice was in Germany visiting her sister Emma and the two of them, they hit it off right away and their relationship continued to bloom. And on the other side, Harry's over here just getting more and more jealous and more and more obsessed. So now at this point, he's angry, right? And he's like, I have to pull out the big guns. So he now begins to threaten Alice with leaking intimate photos that he had apparently secretly taken of her. And I'm going to leak these photos and share it to your family and friends so they know what type of girl you are. So his threat was basically get back together with me now or I'm going to leak these photos. And I don't know if he ever did. I don't think he did. Um, I hope he didn't. When you're young, you do these things, right? Like you just do these things because you trust the person that you're with. But for him to threaten these, first of all, if he took these photos secretly, I mean, that's a whole different issue. But if, you know, Alice had taken the photos, whatever, like you're young, you do these kinds of things. But when you're young and somebody threatens you with something like that, it's like terrifying. Your whole world is like going to come crashing down and it's humiliating, you know? And I listened to his voicemails and do you understand how much it pisses me off? Like he is so annoying in these voicemails. He's the one that during their relationship, when she was giving him a chance, decided to treat her like shit and like 
you know, be with other women and just be like control her and all this crap when it's just so unnecessary. You don't need to be that way. She's already with you, man. Like it's so weird to me, but then on the, you know, you're treating her that way while she's with you. But then as soon as she leaves you, you're crying and begging, like, please take me back. Like, it's so irritating to me the way that these type of people behave. It's just (sighs) on September 30th, Harry drives two and a half hours from his place to Alice's. And when he gets there, he keeps ringing the doorbell for like hours, hours. And Alice, when she realized someone was at her place, she kind of like figured out it was him. So she didn't open the door. And because she doesn't open the door, he's like, oh, okay, I'll just go around to the back. He jumps the fence, goes out to the back because her apartment was like a, like an apartment complex and they had like a gate. So she, so he jumps the back fence, goes to the back and she had a ground floor apartment. So then he went and he would like knock on her bedroom window. Wow. She was already in bed at this point because he was, you know, there for hours and she was ignoring him. And then when she realized that the knock now was Harry coming from her bedroom window, she was so freaked out. So she's terrified and she opens up and she like takes a peek through her bedroom window and she sees on the windowsill, there's like a box of chocolates and flowers left there. And um, she sees Harry like backing away slowly And prior to even coming to her apartment that day, he had been leaving her voicemails. But now as this window incident happens, she gets another voicemail from him. And in this voicemail, he tells her, you know, I had to drive up, you know, these two hours because you weren't taking my calls. It's her fault for not taking his calls. So he had to drive up and he leaves these flowers and chocolates as a way to say sorry to her in this same voicemail. And this is like so creepy. He says, you know, you once said that guys like me end up killing people. And I'm just like, excuse me. Like if I heard that, I, that's already like the way he's acting is so crazy. And then he says that, like, and the fact that Alice had said that to him at one point, like so scary, but he goes on to say, I don't want to kill you. You know, I'm not intending to kill you. That's why I got you the box of chocolates and the flowers. Like, duh, that's why. Cause I'm saying, sorry, I'm not trying to kill you. And then he says, okay, you know, have a good night. And then he hangs up and that's the end of that voicemail. How scary is that? And obviously Alice is shaken up. So at this point she's like, okay, I need to take further action. And I'm guessing she didn't do this earlier because she was probably trying not to be dramatic because that's what we always tell ourselves, right? We're always like, no, we're just being dramatic. Like it'll be fine. Leave it. But Harry drives two hours one way to leave her gifts to say sorry, breaks basically into her apartment complex and knocks on her window. Like clearly he's not normal. So when she calls the police on the phone call, you can hear that she sounds quite nervous, but she's pretty calm. She's really polite and she explains what's been going on. And she almost sounds like she's inconveniencing the police officer because she's just so nice. So She explains what's happening and the operator tells her, well, you can hire a solicitor, a lawyer, and take out a restraining order, or you can do this thing called a PIN, a P-I-N. And a PIN is a police information notice. And what this would mean is that if Harry contacts you or comes near you again, he would be arrested. That's what the operator tells Alice. So Alice thought this sounded like a good idea. So she opted for the PIN instead of getting a lawyer and taking out a formal restraining order. Hi there, um, I just need a bit of advice really, um, more than anything. I split up with my boyfriend about three months ago. Since then, I know that he's hacked into my Facebook and also my phone. He's been sending me a lot of messages even though I've asked him not to contact me. And then tonight, he knocked on my bedroom window at the back of my ground floor flat. He's been outside and he, he's like left um, some flowers and chocolates on the like outside window so and like he walked off he's not done anything but i'm concerned and my friends have been telling me to call the police i've been putting that off but i just feel a bit like shaken up tonight so she made this call on like just after midnight on saturday october 1st and then the next morning sunday a officer comes out to her house he reassures alice you know you're not wasting our time and he takes a statement from her 
The officer then tells Alice, okay, if he contacts you again, you make sure to contact us right away. Now that all sounds good. You know, it sounds fine. And the Northumbria police department, they um, filed this complaint that she had made as harassment, but what they failed to communicate to Alice and make really clear is that a pin notice is essentially just a allegation of harassment being made. It's just essentially that, okay, well, you know, Alice says that Harry has been harassing me and that's kind of it. It's not a court order. It doesn't even show up on the person's criminal record. So this doesn't even come up anywhere on Harry's record. The way it was described was misleading and it gave her a false sense of security that something had actually been done that night. The operator told her that a pin means that if Harry contacts you or comes near you, he will be arrested. And that's just not what it was. Now, people in Harry's life knew about his obsession with Alice and a lot of them, his army colleagues, his friends, even his doctor told him, stop contacting Alice. And he just didn't listen. What's weird though, is that Scotland police nor the Royal Military Police were told about this pin notice issued on Harry. And they should have been. The police that Alice made the report to didn't even contact Harry. Lazy, just lazy. This pin notice that Alice had made didn't even affect Harry in any way, shape or form. And soon after this, Harry sends Alice a parcel with pictures, you know, of them as a couple in a letter. He stated that this pin notice that Alice made against him had caused him a lot of problems at work and his iPad and his computer had been taken away. And that just wasn't true. It was a blatant lie. He tells her that in this package that he's sending her, he has packed away and is sending back all the things that remind Harry of Alice. And he just didn't want it anymore. This package, this letter was his goodbye. I wanted to read a section of the letter. So he says, I'm in a lot of shit now, but I hope you feel happy now. I'm sending you everything that I have that reminds me of you as you belong to another man, wishing you two a happy life. I will never come in your life again. When I was doing my research, and this is probably not something I would have picked up immediately, but it said in a blog, notice how Harry says in the letter, you belong to another man. So that's what Alice was. She was, you know, supposed to be a man's property. And so now again, because he had contacted her, Alice was scared and she contacted the police immediately. Somebody's been issued with a pen so that they, they can't contact me. However, I've had a letter off them. So you're reporting like the breach of, the breach of the pen. What was the nature of it? Was it like threatening or was it harassing? No, um, not threatening. It just, it's just saying that he, he knows I called the police on him and he's had everything confiscated. It says at the bottom he won't contact, you know, this will be the last I hear from him. But he's, he's said that a lot of times and he, he never does seem to stop. Because remember, they told her if he contacts you, you contact us. And that's what she did. This time, though, the police were not helpful at all. They completely ignored the fact that Harry had breached this pin order. They seemed to be more hung up on the fact that Harry had sent this, you know, goodbye letter and what was in the package he sent. It was more so that they didn't want to, they didn't seem to want to take action against him based on the breach of the pin alone. Alice tried to explain to the operator on the phone that even though Harry is saying in his letter that it's his goodbye letter, he has done this multiple times that he always contacted her again and she believed he would do it again. She knew that this was not going to be the end of his harassment. He was incapable of leaving her alone. And I can imagine how frustrating this was for Alice because the operator just ends the call saying, I'll have someone call you back to let you know what to do next. Alice again stays super calm, super polite on the phone when she honestly had every right to be like, what is going on? Like, let me speak to someone who's actually going to do something about it. But she was still super nice. So after these, you know, talks with the police, Alice reportedly told her mother that the only time the police would help her is when Harry stabbed her. So as promised, the next day, Alice gets a call from a police officer, you know, to discuss what the next steps would be. On the call, the police officer asks 
Alice, do you want Harry arrested? Now, this should not have even been asked of her. The police officer, or the police officers, the station, whatever, handling the case should have looked at all the evidence, should have looked at the complaints and made the decision himself or themselves. Alice was scared enough, anxious enough, having to make the call herself. She probably already waited way too long before even getting the police involved. Like, why ask her this? I'm sure she was still trying to downplay the situation because you never truly want to believe what's going on. Even though she was super afraid, like now asking her, hey, do you want him arrested? Puts kind of the fate of Harry in her hands, right? So she's like, no, I don't want him arrested because I can, like, I can understand why she did that because she's probably thinking like, well, what's arresting him going to do? He's probably just going to get angrier, like knowing that I made that decision. It should be the police's decision. And once she said, no, I don't want him arrested. Okay. That was it. Now, after Alice basically realized, okay, well, nothing's really going to happen. She became increasingly paranoid and like pretty stressed out as one would. She stopped traveling alone. And when she was alone at home, she would make sure the door was double locked. And I mean, guys, always make sure your doors are double locked. Now on October 12th, she was trying her best to just stay busy because her boyfriend, Mike, would be coming in on the weekend to visit her. So she was like, at least I have something to look forward to and I'm not going to be alone. She still lived with her roommate, Maxine, the one she worked with at this point, but you know, Maxine has her own life. So I think she was kind of like, okay, I have someone to hang out with and be with. Harry, on the other hand, is becoming more and more brazen because just two days before, on October 10th, he breaks into Alice's apartment, goes inside, takes pictures around her flat and of the windows for intel. Yeah. And then I believe he also just like when they got home, he was just outside her apartment, just like lurking about in the darkness. And Alice and her roommate Maxine didn't even know like, how scary is that? Like, what a creep. So now, two days later, Alice is in her bedroom planning her weekend, you know, with Mike. And she's just planning her outfits and doing what a girl does. She's just getting excited for the weekend. Once again, Harry was in her backyard. But this time, it was for a different reason. As he is outside... He walks around her building and remember, she's on the ground floor. So as he's walking around, he sees a window that's open and he takes that opportunity and climbs inside. Now, once he was inside, he most likely heard Alice leave her bedroom and enter the bathroom, which is where he then follows her in and corners her. He immediately attacks her and he grabs this sharp knife that he got from her kitchen. He pushes her to the ground. She's five foot two, small framed. He's six one, gets on top of her on her back, kneels onto her back. Oh my God. As he's kneeling on her back from behind, he pulls up her head and then he slices her. He did it with so much force and multiple times, at least six times, that the autopsy later showed that, oh my god, even her spinal cord had knife cuts in it. In total, Alice suffered over 24 injuries, and some were even defensive wounds, and Harry walked away with zero. Now, when Alice's roommate Maxine comes home from work, she realizes like, oh damn, I lost, uh, I forgot my keys at home. So she climbs that back wall, enters into the backyard of the building and goes and knocks on um, Alice's bedroom window, but there's no answer. So then she keeps going and she sees that, oh, there's a window left open. I can climb in through that. So once she's inside, she goes looking for Alice. She enters the bathroom and can you even imagine what she saw. Alice lay on the bathroom floor covered in blood. 
everywhere. Maxine says that she could almost tell immediately that Alice was no longer alive because the skin had turned almost like a translucent blue color. And obviously Alice was unresponsive. When she looked closer, she saw that the source of blood was from a deep gash in her neck. She frantically calls the police for help and immediately she says that Harry had to be the one who did it because he was a psychopath. Try and calm down, try and breathe. Oh. Have a shot, just try and oh, breathe. Please help me. I know, how old is oh. Alice? She's only 23. I mean, yeah, that's just coming. I'd like to say that absolute psychopath. When the police do come, Alice Ruggles would be pronounced dead at the scene. The coroner would conclude that Alice died of catastrophic blood loss because during the attack, her carotid artery had been severed. Now, because of Maxine's quick thinking and quick acting, Harry would be arrested a few short hours after Alice was found. At first, when he was arrested and during the interviews, he denied having anything to do with Alice's murder. He says he has no knowledge of what happened and he wasn't even there at the scene. But the police, they track his phone and his location at the time of Alice's murder at around between 6 and 6.30 p.m. And surprise, surprise, he was right there in Gateshead. Then they found out that Harry had actually been sitting in his car outside Alice's flat waiting for her to come home from work. And all the time, like all the while, while he is sitting in his car waiting for Alice, the woman he, you know, so desperately loves, he is there active on Tinder trying to make a date that night to meet up for sex. Yeah. Now, the last text that Alice had sent Mike was at 6.04 p.m. And the time that her body was discovered was at 6.30 p.m. So... The police concluded that between 6.04 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. is when Harry murdered Alice. He then fled and he took Alice's phone and the murder weapon, the knife, back to his place. And once he was there, he discarded the knife. And, I mean, police looked at everything, looked at all his behavior and his erratic behavior and his constant, you know, threats to Alice and how long it had been taking place, months prior to the murder. Oh, and then one more thing. I mean, Alice's blood was found on his steering wheel. So, I mean, that's overwhelming evidence. He did it. On October 13th, Harry was arrested. And then the following day, he was officially charged with murder. At his trial, Harry took the stand for two days. He was not only unemotional during the entire trial, but he exuded so much arrogance. Yuck. So when he was on the stand, he denies the murder and he says that Alice, not him, was the one that attacked him. He went over there to just, you know, try to make peace when she grabbed the knife and attacked him and they ended up in a struggle. And during the struggles when Alice accidentally stabbed herself, that's what happened. He was only trying to, you know, pry the knife away from Alice when she did it to herself. I mean, the story that he gave is dumb, is actually just dumb. Her throat is cut six times. Did she do that to herself in one swift motion? It's just stupid, Harry. The jury saw right through it. And the court also heard about a previous incident that involved Harry. An ex-girlfriend had already filed a restraining order against Harry three years prior. And the reason why she took out this restraining order is after she broke up with him, he tracked her down, found her in the street, and then spat in her face. At the time of Alice's phone calls to the police, the Northumbria police had no knowledge of this prior restraining order. And maybe if they did, we would be talking about a different outcome. Alice a girl that Harry apparently loved so much, was so in love with her. That's what you do to someone you love? No, because it was a case of, if I can't have you, no one can have you. I mean, Harry clearly felt no remorse, no remorse. And after deliberating for just two hours, the jury, thank you, jury, found Harry guilty. In April of 2017, 
he received a life sentence with a possibility of parole after 22 years. Alice did not realize the very real danger she was in, neither did her friends or family. I don't think you want to believe it. Hell, neither did the police. The police also didn't think that she was in real danger. Sadly, though, Alice's story is not a one-off. There is a page called Alice Ruggles Trust that brings awareness to this topic and hopes to put an end to stalking. On the website, it states that many ex-partners will exhibit stalking-type behavior to try and win their partners back, and not all of them will become obsessive. When warned by the police, around 50% of stalkers will immediately stop the behavior, but the ones that do not, like Harry, can be extremely dangerous. Stalking in these cases is murder in slow motion. And 100%, that's so true. This case is so sad. And the brutal way in which she was killed, I mean, it's horrible. She was so young. And Harry too, like what the, you know, like, I feel like a lot of young people don't realize how serious these things can turn so quickly. I can't imagine how terrified she must have been. And I have to say, like, a lot of this happens, I think, and we don't really report these things because you're almost too embarrassed, you know, to cause a scene or say something or say that you're worried about someone's behavior for, I don't know, like fear that you're being dramatic or have someone say to you, like, calm down. You're not that important. This person's not trying to stalk you. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you almost don't want to seem like you're being too dramatic and you're making a bigger deal out of something than it really is. I'm going to tell you a really quick story and I have a few of these, but back in 2011, I was into Facebook a lot, like all of us were. And I was just like scrolling one day and I noticed there was this other profile and it had my photos on it, but it wasn't my profile. And I was like, this is so weird. So I was like, let me click on it. So I clicked on it and the profile pictures back then you could see like all profile pictures and they were all mine, like from my current profile at the time, they'd just clearly been stolen. And I just thought like, you know, whatever, someone's, you know, just taking my photos, but the captions on them is what made me go, what the heck? Like they were super insulting. They just said like, they were trying to be insulting. It was like specifically directed at me. It wasn't like a random profile. Like the captions just were in my voice, but like making fun of me. It was like, my name's Zara and I'm such a ditz and I'm so dumb and I love makeup. Like it was making fun of me. And I was like, oh, okay. And it basically on the, like on the about me section and things like that, it was saying that all I am good for is how I look and nothing else. Like it was so gross and mean. Then as I scroll down, okay, there was like photos of like porn images this person had superimposed my face onto the women. And I was like, wow, wow. And I was pretty young. So I was like, what the hell? I was really upset by this. And the comments, like this person had written comments, like my name had written comments below these photos, pretending to be me talking about how much I love doing these things and how I'm just a sicko, basically. The worst part is that this account started adding like all my friends and family. My friends and family were accepting this friend request because they thought it was me. They thought I just made a new account. And I was like, oh my God, I was like freaking out. And Jay was like, who the fuck is this? Like, I'm going to kick his ass. And we just thought like it had to be a guy. Like we had a suspicion, but because I'm Zara V, I went into a full detective mode. Like we were like, there's no way we're going to let this slide. Like we're going to try and figure out who it is. So we tried to hack the hacker and... We were trying to hack into this account. We did the like forgot my password thing and it linked it to a recovery email. So we go to the recovery email and it was like blurred out, but it said, I think the last, no, I think it's at the first part of the email and then like at, you know, gmail.com. And I'm like, there's only, the name was super um, unique and there was only one person I knew with this name. And I was like, that's the parent of someone I know. And I was like, oh my God. So then we tried to like hack into it and then it asks you, okay, if you want to get into this account, forgot your password, what's um, the secret question was, what's the name of your first pet? And I don't like this person that obviously it was at this point, I didn't know like his past. So I asked this friend who actually knew this person since childhood. And I was like, hey, do you know what so-and-so's 
dog's name was, like his first dog. She told me we entered in the dog's name. Boom. We're in. I was like, dang, wow, it's this person. And then like we could see everything that they were trying to do. And it was just really like, what the fuck? Like sick. Okay. I'm not going to go much deeper, but basically we found out it was this guy and he liked me. And I mean, I'm so over that. Like, I don't feel bad for him because I had been with Jay at that point for like years at that point. So what do you, what do you think is going to happen? But anyway, and I was always really nice to him. Like he was annoying sometimes, but I was always nice to him. And I don't know, we would invite him out. And I guess sometimes you let people in too close and then they do these things to you. Right. So I don't know, but it was humiliating for him because he linked his mom's Gmail account to his hacking party. And it just, we all like, we did confront him, but he didn't respond to us. And then he ended up sending out like this mass email to everyone in his contact list saying that, oh, I've been hacked. And this hacker has been pretending to be me and sending out horrible things and inappropriate things. And I was like, okay, dude, like, no, that's a lie. But anyway, my whole point being is that you got to take these things seriously when people, even if it's like, like, mini signs of harm it's still a sign that you need to get your ass out of there you need to value yourself you never know what can happen us women we have to protect ourselves we have to be more aware we're not being dramatic and even if you're being dramatic you're better off being dramatic than being sorry cases like this have to be known they have to be talked about so other women in situations like this don't continue and pass this behavior off as you know it's fine it's fine you know we have to fight for our own safety and we shouldn't even have to do that, but that's the world we live in. Okay, guys, thank you so much for watching. Let me know your thoughts on today's case down below. I hope you enjoyed today's video. I'm glad to be back filming in real time, hopefully, and um, I will see you in the next video, guys. Besitos. Mwah. Bye. Should we show you? Should we show you? Did you have a nap? Oh, oh is that pretty girl? You want to touch on my makeup already? Not yet. Not yet. On the night, he then sent her a couple of voicemail messages. One of those said in it, I'm not going to kill you. Why would you think I'll kill you? I wouldn't kill you. Although he was talking about it in the negative context, you know, I'm not going to kill you. There's definitely a veiled threat. When he mentions not killing you about 10 times in this voicemail, which is really weird.
after that second phone call, she was so depressed because she thought that the stalking was just going to go on forever. Alice jokingly said, oh, well, you know, what if he broke into my house and killed me? And I was like, no, no, that'll never happen. You know, there's me thinking this is ridiculous. He came back on the cloth and just a bit afterwards he was waiting in his car and she came back from work. And then Trimmer had come and broken into the house. Climbed in through a window and he, he, he cut her throat in the bathroom. Alice was, was um, lying on the floor in the bathroom coming in blood. she rang me up I said well I'm sure the police knows what's happening and you've just got to ignore him if you keep ignoring him he'll leave you alone and of course that was really bad advice because he was never going to leave her alone I have really struggled remember it because obviously I know what I did wrong and I know what I should have said and I know what I should have done and I know that I failed Alice so yeah that's pretty horrible if these sorts of things are happening to you that is stalking it's a crime the police have to take it seriously. The law needs to change so that she does have the protection that she deserved. I mean, Alice did what she was supposed to do. She did She did contact the police, she, she uh, reported everything. In Alice's case, Truman had past history, a restraining order against him because he'd been stalking another girl. Now, if Alice had known that at the beginning of the relationship, it would have changed whether she'd gone into a relationship with him and it would definitely have changed how she behaved at the end of it. This is still happening and we've not learnt from these mistakes. It's not just that it's psychologically damaging and horrendous, it's, it's very, very dangerous.